Welcome to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brannan, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. Ross Brannan is a financial advisor who knows it's not just about your teeth. He helps dental practice owners protect and maximize today's cash flow to plan for tomorrow's cash needs. Find him at rossbrannan.com. On the show, he brings together experts to help dental professionals looking to make smart money decisions to grow their income, turn their retirement goals into reality, and improve their lives. And now, here's your host, Ross Brannan. Welcome to the show. My guest today is Eric Block. Eric is a full-time practicing dentist who is an expert in stress management and mental health in dentistry. He's also the founder of Deals for Dentists, which helps save dentists time and money. Eric, thanks for coming on the show to share your expertise with us. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So you have a really interesting story on how you got into dentistry. Usually it's somebody, something like, oh, my uncle was a dentist or my, my father was a dentist or something like that. But you have a, a more comical story on how you became, why you became a dentist. Tell us that. Yeah, well, actually, my my dad was a dentist. He's retired now, but you know, he was. I grew up in dentistry, and I went down to Tulane, you know, as an undergrad, and I was going to be a business major. And I sat there in microeconomics and macroeconomics and statistics, and I said, you know, what, this isn't for me. And I ended up having to choose something, so I chose psychology, and I was a psychology major, and that was going to be my thing. I was thinking maybe, you know become a psychologist, uh, I was thinking physical therapy, maybe a doctor, maybe way in the back of my mind, dentist. But one night I just was out at a bar, which many college students tend to do. And I just missed my mouth uh, with a beer bottle. And I broke my central incisor, my number nine. And I walked around with half a tooth and I felt no pain, of course, that night. Uh, but the next day I went to a local dentist in Metairie, Louisiana, and they just patched me up and I really liked the way they took care of me. And I said, you know what, maybe dentistry is uh, something I could do. So I started to take all the prereq classes. I had to take all, you know, physics and organic chemistry and chemistry. And I actually took a year off after uh, I graduated Tulane and I took a year off and actually took the DATs. I taught tennis and uh, finished the prereq classes and started hanging around my dad's office and ended up going down to uh, applying and going to Nova Southeastern in Fort Lauderdale. And then after dental school in Fort Lauderdale, I came back here to BU and did an implant residency. And that's what brought me back to Massachusetts. So yeah, kind of an unconventional story, but uh, that's my story and I'm, I'm sticking with it. So you, you finished your residency at BU and then did you work as an associate or did you start your own practice? Yeah, I worked as an associate and to all the young dentists out there, I worked as an associate for way too long. I was an associate for uh, actually over 10 years and I worked in uh, several different offices, some good, some not so good. One of the offices that I was an associate in, um, I'm actually a partner in now. uh, So that one actually worked out great, but I associated and ended up becoming a partner. But to tell you the truth, I didn't feel ready enough to go right into uh, practice ownership right after school. And then I ended up just getting comfortable in the associate kind of lifestyle where I would just go in, do my thing and leave. So I didn't end up becoming a practice owner until uh, you know I've been practicing about 20 years. So midway through my career. So once you started owning your own practice, is this when the uh, stress started hitting you? You know, I actually, I think I really felt stressed throughout every phase of my career, uh, whether it was the decision to go to dental school, 
applying to dental school, of course, the four years of dental school, deciding what to do after dental school, and then you know, looking for a job, deciding whether to be a, a go into a specialty program or a GPR or an associateship. And then an associateship, as an associate, there's many reasons why it's stressful. You're a dentist, but you're under someone else's rules, someone else's roof, you know, their culture, their, their office. So being an associate can be very stressful, but being an owner, I would say is probably the most stressful because, you know, now you're a business owner and I had absolutely no training uh, in how to run a business or HR or staff or marketing. And I really just found myself to be extremely stressed, regretting my place in dentistry. I was always nervous. I was full of anxiety. And I just said to myself, you know what? Eric, this is no way to practice. You can't do this for the next 40 years. So I ended up going to a local therapist and just kind of figured out, you know, who I was and what made me tick. And that's what helped me kind of get out of my burnout and get back to actually enjoying going into work every day. And so what did you find out about yourself going to see a therapist? Uh, We went deep, man. We went deep into, you know, who I was. I'm an introvert. I'm a people pleaser. I was trying to be a perfectionist. I was saying yes to everyone else. And ultimately, when you say yes to everyone else, you're really a lot of times saying no to yourself. So I really had to learn, you know, what made me tick. And a lot of it was, you know, in my noggin, I was exhausted from the day-to-day, you know, grind of dentistry, going from room to room to room as an introvert, those conversations and interactions with patients were exhausting to me. And, you know, you have to give that patient that great, you know, wow experience uh, in your chair and you're doing an exhausting procedure, getting them numb, making them comfortable. But then you got to go into the hygiene room and bounce into that room and pretend like you're in a great mood and everything's great. And then into the next hygiene room. And we have four to five hygienists and, you know, doing this over and over and over every day, day in and day out was just exhausting to me. And I realized that there's nothing wrong with me. It's just the way I'm made up. It's, you know, what makes me tick and how I kind of decompress is by not talking to people. You know, extroverts are different. They feed off of energy. They feed off of these conversations and interactions with, with patients and, and other people. But for me, it was just the uh, exhausting nature of always being on, always saying yes to everyone and just always trying to please everyone else. So what made you decide to write the book? Do you know a lot of dentists out there who struggle with the same thing? I do. And I, I wrote the book because I had a story to tell and I was able to overcome burnout. And at one point I thought about leaving dentistry and becoming a lawyer because I was so afraid of getting sued that I wanted to be the one doing the suing. That's how much I was afraid of being sued. And I was so afraid of getting a bad review and I just didn't look forward to going into work every day. And I overcame that and, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It was a lot of work, a lot of changes, but I felt like I had a story to tell. And if I could help one, two, three, four dentists out there that, you know, to kind of overcome the false belief that there's nothing you can do, that dentistry is just a stressful profession and it is what it is. This is the profession you chose. You know, I want to tell them out there that that's not true, you know, because I enjoy going to work every day. You know, I have bad days, of course. I have bad hours, bad weeks. It happens. But there's, you know, to realize that there's nothing wrong with you 
And you know who else has a bad day, a bad patient experience, a bad hour, a bad week, every other dentist ever in history. Uh, so there's nothing wrong with you. And that's, that's why I wrote the book is to kind of share my story. And what kind of feedback have you gotten from the book? It's been actually overwhelming to find out, you know, it's helped dentists. I think there's more awareness, you know, not just because of me, but I, I think that there's more awareness of work-related burnout. And it's not just dentistry. I think it's any high-stress job where you have to perform. And, you know, my a friend of mine is a lawyer and he is totally burnt out. So it's not just dentists, but I think dentists suffer from it a lot because of, you know, many reasons, the clinical and non-clinical reasons. But a lot of dentists have, have come out to me and told me that it has helped them. So that's been an overwhelmingly positive experience. So with the success of the book and basically the focus on mental health and culture today, you're, you're getting a lot of feedback. Has there been an evolution, a next step beyond the book? Yeah. So we've actually had my first uh, Get Stress-Free Dentistry Summit uh, last year. And I have a Facebook group, Stress-Free Dentistry Facebook group. And I'm actually writing my second book called The Stress-Free Dental Implants, which is all about dental implants. But ultimately, I want to get more involved with you know helping dentists, whether it's one-on-one or coaching. But I think that the word stress-free dentist is, you know, can be oxymoronic. Uh, there's no such thing as a stress-free dentist. But to understand that it's okay to have these bad, you know, bad days, bad weeks, bad moments, and that there's nothing wrong with you is I think really the most important take-home message. Yeah, that's really exciting. I could see there being a lot of value in that. I, I, I talked to a lot of dentists and, and a lot of them are really stressed out, burned out, like you said. And so, you know, having someone there for them to really kind of counsel them and coach them on how to, how to manage that's great. How did the summit go? How successful was it? Are you, are you planning another one? Yeah, I'm going to do smaller events where I'm, you know, lecturing, you know, for an hour or two, this have thrown a whole, you know, two day event was, uh, you know, was a bit too stressful for me, I would say, you know, putting it on and, uh, you know, the numbers weren't what we wanted because it was, you know, it was right during, you know, COVID, but the education part of it, the speakers were awesome, but I, I'm going to stick to uh, smaller events, maybe whether it's virtual or, um, you know, kind of a smaller group thing where I can help Dennis a one-on-one or uh, in a group setting, but it was, it was a great experience. So speaking of COVID, it wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't talk about COVID. <laughs> I say that half jokingly, but COVID actually provided you an opportunity to do something that you've been wanting to do, but never had the time to do. Talk, talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So obviously, you know, my office was shut down for about, you know, three months, I would say. And I had an idea for a website. Uh, it's called dealsfordentist.com. It's, it's a marketplace that connects dentists and vendors. Um, and I thought about it for a while and I just never had the time to put it together. So, you know, the silver lining of COVID and the quarantine was that I actually had the time to, to put the website together. And I hooked up with a website developer and I was watching YouTube videos on how to build a website. And I finally was able to launch it just after the quarantine. And then that turned into my podcast because I was having such great conversations with dentists and vendors so that was kind of a, a silver lining of the quarantine because I, you know, I said to myself, you can't just sit home and, and eat your kids, you know, leftover dino nuggets. You got you to gotta do something. So that's what I did with my time. So talk about Deals for Dennis. You know, how big is it? What is it? How can people use it to help them? 
Yeah. So we recently uh, joined forces with the Facebook group. I love dentistry, uh, which is almost at about 13,000 members. And, you know, it's, it's a lot of engagement every day. It's a very positive group where we put, you know, thought provoking posts on there for dentists uh, or dental professionals to engage. And that's a way to interact. The website is more for dentists to see what kind of discounts or new customer offers are out there. I got the idea because as an implant dentist, I used to always go from dental company to dental company and see what the new customer package was, and which was typically like buy 20 implants, get a free surgical kit type of thing. So that's where I got the inspiration from the website. So I wanted dentists to see you know, quickly where there were discounts, what kind of vendors were offering it, and almost kind of like bring the trade show convention price to the dentist's office. You know, because of COVID, trade shows are, you know, kind of, I would say, dwindling a bit. So I wanted to, for the dentist to get the trade show price directly on their computer. So dealsfordentist.com, but then it also evolved into Deals for Dentist podcast. So what's that podcast about? Yeah, so I just, I was having such great conversations with dental companies and dentists, and it's really just hearing about people's stories. You know, like you've been asking me about my story. It's about hearing about how people got into dentistry, what they could have done differently, if they could go back in time, what kind of successes and failures they've had. And it's really just a a, a laid back kind of conversational style of podcast. If it's a dental company, typically we'll talk about their products or services. If, If it's just a dentist, then I just hear their story. And that's pretty much it. It's typically about 20 minutes and it comes out weekly. That's great. What's the biggest thing that you've learned? from uh, this Deals for Dentists endeavor? The people you're talking to, the things you're learning, what's the biggest surprise to you? You know, I think that I have found that having something else other than just clinical dentistry has been so helpful to me, you know, just in managing my time, reducing stress. For example, if I have a, a patient that cancels in my office, then I used to be, you know, all upset. I'd call the front, you know, tell the front desk, you know, what happened to them, call someone else. But now I have all these other things going on that I'm like, okay, cool. I'll go work on my website. I'll go work on something else. I'll go work on my book or a social media post. I don't get too wrapped up in the clinical day-to-day side of dentistry. So that part has been a, um, I think kind of a, a surprising positive impact on me is, is having something else going on uh, has been really helpful for me in my dentistry. It's funny you say that because some people will be like, oh, you're adding more stress to your life, Mr. Stress-Free Dentistry with more things going on, but it's allowing you to diversify your attention where you're not solely focused on the schedule or whatever. And, and so you're like, it's not the end of the world if someone uh, cancels appointment on you. Yeah, the day flies by. You know, it, it flies by. I'm there for eight hours and I see patients, you know, most of the day, but if I have time, um, and I, I kind of make it fit. It fits in between my patients where I'm, you know, writing up my chart notes. I'm checking my emails. I'm doing a social media post. Uh, it just, it all fits. And the day just flies by. Now, what's the second book going to be about? That's called Stress-Free Dental Implants. So I've been doing dental implants for about 20 years. And when I first got out, I was doing implants based off of 2D technology, freehanding. And since then, I've really kind of innovated my workflow and gone to 3D technology, virtual planning, uh, and 3D printing my own surgical guides. And 
now implants to me are one of the most stress, you know, least stressful procedures and most enjoyable procedures I do. So it's all about, you know, my story and helping dentists um, that are looking into dental implants or have thought about it, kind of helping them get started with dental implants. That's really exciting. And you're kind of paying it forward there. This is really interesting, the stuff you have going on. So what else should people know about you? What other wisdom can you impart to them from your story? You've been, you've been practicing for 20 years. You've written a book. You've started a website. You've started a podcast. You have a successful practice. What, what else? Yeah, you know, I would say um, for any advice out there is to, you know, seek out peers, seek out help, you know, to not go into this alone. You know, personally, I reached out to a, a local therapist and that really helped me. But for any other dental professional out there that may feel like they're struggling or stressed or burned out, you know, reach out, whether it's to a peer, a mentor, a coach, a consultant, you know, there's so much out there now with whether it's Facebook groups, there's so much way to, you know, different ways to engage with your peers because a lot of dentists are solo, you know, they're in their own little bubble, solo practitioner. They may be the only dentist there. And it's not like, you know, we all go out to, for drinks you know, at five o'clock after work, like some other professions, a lot of times we're, you know, we're solo, but I really think it's very powerful for dentists or, you know, any other professional or entrepreneurs to reach out for help, learn from others, mistakes and mentors, and just keep engaging with your peers. That's great. So as we wrap up here, I always ask uh, two questions to every guest. The first is what advice would you give to a brand new dental school graduate? So if I could go back in time and tell a young blocky, I would tell him to work in as many different types of practices as he can, whether it's, you know, a, a boutique private practice, an HMO, uh, a DSO, you know, fee for service, uh, PPO participation type of practice, get as much different exposure as you can uh, whether it's good or bad, just take bits and pieces from every practice you work in and kind of mold your own style, but then to pull the trigger, you know, I, I, like I said, I waited way too long to become a practice owner. I would tell myself maybe two years, two years in, uh, into the real world and private practice is a good amount of time. Uh, I, you know, I wouldn't have been mature enough clinically or mentally to do it right after school. And then I waited too long. So I think the sweet spot uh, for me, it would have been about two years to just pull the trigger and, and become a practice owner. Now, I'm a big reader and uh, you may or may not be, but if you are a reader, what books have you read or what books do you recommend? Actually, I had the pleasure of having him on my podcast was Bruce Tulgan's It's Okay to Be the Boss. That was one of a, a really inspiring book for me, kind of how to become a leader and manage people. And I still struggle. I really struggle with being a leader. And not to micromanage or undermanage. Um, it's kind of, you got to kind of find that sweet spot. That was a, a really a great book that I read. That's good. So, yeah, so if people want to get in touch with you, if they want to talk to you or they want to learn your story at a greater level, tell us where they can find you. Yep. You can email me at info at the stressfreedentist.com uh, on Facebook. I'm on I Love Dentistry Facebook group. Uh, stress-free dentistry Facebook group. You can check me out on dealsfordentist.com, the podcast, Deals for Dentist uh, podcast. I also started the Dental Industry Academy, uh, which is a uh, an all-virtual group for 
dental companies. So we interview CEOs of dental companies and hear their successes and failures and tips for other uh, startups in the dental space. Uh, so that's called the Dental Industry Academy. So those are all the places you can find and me. And your book is on Amazon, right? Yep. Books on Amazon. So this this has been great, Eric. I really appreciate your time today. Our, our listeners are absolutely going get, to get a lot from this. Hey, thanks for having me. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Financial Flossing Podcast with Ross Brand. Tune in next week for our next episode. This has been another episode of Financial Flossing with Ross Brannon, guiding dental professionals to a brighter future. If you liked what you heard, consider subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. For more on Ross Brannon, visit rossbrannon.com. Registered representative and financial advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664 Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities products and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRA SIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. California Insurance License Number 0L10073. Arkansas Insurance License Number 161390322. Expires 423. That last part can also say 2021 119535. Expiration, April 2023. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by PAS, Guardian, or North Florida Financial, and opinions stated are their own. External sites and material are provided for your convenience in locating related information and services. Guardian, subsidiaries, agents, and employees expressly disclaim any responsibility for and do not maintain, control, recommend, or endorse third-party sites organizations, products, or services, and make no representation as to the completeness, suitability, or quality thereof. Ross is a registered representative and financial advisor at Park Avenue Securities, LLC, PAS, OSJ, 3664, Coolidge Court, Tallahassee, Florida, 32311, 850-562-9075. Securities, products, and advisory services offered through PAS, member FINRASIPC. Financial representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. PAS is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PAS or Guardian. Arkansas Insurance License Number 1613932, California Insurance License 0L10073, 2022-138940, expiration 0624. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.